Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Hi. Welcome to Crime Time's Spooky ASMR. I'm Eddie, and I'm going to be saying some spooky things to you. Don't get too afraid. Werewolves. Vampires. Eddie, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Lee, Lee, what are you doing here? I said no to this idea for an intro. I just think that give the people what they want. No, nobody wants this. ASMR, nobody it's like trending. You, nobody wants you to I do Halloween. I saw it on a BuzzFeed nobody. video. <laughs> people really want ASMR and I'm just, I'm doing what the people want. All right, fine. Just do the normal intro then. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Crime Time, a weekly podcast discussing all things horror, sci-fi, thriller, mystery, and crime fiction. I'm Lee. That weirdo over there is Eddie. This is season four, episode seven. Eddie, you look like you want to say something. No, no, no. <laughs> I do. I have. I have nothing to say. I just. Okay, so usually we tell everyone what books we're going to be talking about at the start of the episode. Right. But this is the Halloween special. Oh my gosh! Do you hear those wolves howling in the distance? Well, while I was in the other room cutting up paper and you were doing the weird ASMR thing out here. Again, i got to say, not that weird. Uh, just a normal sort of a thing to do. Just a guy alone in a room whispering into a microphone. Nothing weird. There's nothing weird nothing about that. Weird. Well, while you were doing that, I was cutting up different scary books that were read, writing them on paper and putting them in a hat. Wait, so you cut up the books? Yes. Record scratch sound. That's the real horror story. <laughs> no, I wrote the ones in paper, but... I thought we could, like, you know, trick or treat them. Trick or treat? I don't know. Go into the hat, pick out a name. Decide if it's a trick or a treat. Exactly. And then we can just talk a little bit about it. This sounds like a great idea. I'm going to say second only to spooky ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) The other idea I had was a new segment, Uh Get Ready. Yeah. It's called Fact or Fict. All right. I'm... I'm intrigued. Go on. So we pick a name out of the hat. We say whether it's a trick or treat. We tell a little bit about it. And then one of us says a fact about the book or the writer. And we, the other, and the other one has to decide whether it's fact or fiction. Which I'm shortening to fict. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a play on words. Yeah. 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 All right. Are you in? I'm just going to say it. I'm in. All right, so let's get amongst it. Okay, okay, okay. Are you going to pick the first one or am, am I? Uh, you do it. You do the first one. Okay, right, let me right. scrunchle them. That's the paper, folks. <laughs> All right. Just so you know, we're not cheating. All right. What'd you get? What'd you get? I got Ira Levin, Rosemary's Baby. A classic. Is this a trick or a treat? What is it for you? Well, I haven't read Rosemary's Baby or seen the film. So for me, it's a trick. In that uh, I don't get to speak. I feel like, are, are any of these things that I've read, is the whole thing a trick? Like, Eddie doesn't get to speak. Well, we all know that I'm the horror fan and you're the scared of ghost person. So. I'm the baby. <laughs> See, I'm not scared of real ghosts. I'm scared of horror films, which I think is very interesting because I feel like you're the reverse. You're like, a ghost is a genuinely scary thing, mm. but uh, an actual, like like a horror film, you're like, la, la, la. Low, 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 all the way to the bank. <laughs> I just don't think banks give loans based on how well you sit through the excesses. But I, I could wish be wrong. They did. I could be wrong. Accountants, financiers who are listening, let us know. Write in, Crime Time Pod on Twitter, let us know. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so tell me, Rosemary's Baby, is this a trick or a treat? Oh, Eddie, you were in for a treat. Oh! A damn treat. Round of applause right there. So this book is very famous. Uh-huh. Turned into a film that was very famous. Agreed. I just picked it up one day. It was like a very old copy. I think it was written quite some time ago. Were you like a little, like, were you just like a young person? You were like walking along the like street. It was idyllic. Birds are chirping. You're like, oh, I've never read a scary book in my life. And, and I never want to. And then, then you hear a rustling in a bush. Inside is a mysterious man with potentially horns, I'm going to say. And he says, hey, kid, you want a book? And then Tiny Lee is just like, yeah, that seems normal. <laughs> Nothing about this seems strange, considering the way I was raised. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, zing. So would you say that that's... Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Right, yeah, okay. Actually, yep. No, it wasn't, but let's just roll with it. All right. But yeah, it's about a story about a, a couple, young, in love, newly married, move into this apartment in New York City, apartment of their dreams. Wow, that is terrifying. And he wants to be an actor, and she's like a stay-at-home wife that's trying to get pregnant. Okay. I think it's like in the 1950s or something. All right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And there's this couple that live on the same floor as them. All right. Oh, no. Do their neighbors try to make friends with them? Because that is scary. That's exactly what happens. <gasps> and I just feel like I'm allowed to spoil this because... You've had a while. You've had a while. But they're like this demon cult sect. Not ideal. That are putting weird herbs and drugs and stuff in her food and they're just like trying to make this baby happen inside of her so they can sacrifice it to the devil aka maybe it is the devil i mean that's look it's not ideal yeah and you know this idea of like paying with your soul Uh uh-huh so he Uh had to do that he had to pay with his baby's soul i guess to to get the devil yeah so like he could be a famous actor oh right guys we talked about this a few episodes ago do not sell anything to the devil there's always strings attached always it's never going to turn out well for you if the devil shows up and he's like hey do you want a book yeah i'm gonna say no say no yeah eddie and i were talking a while ago can you think of any story ever where the devil's like i'll give you something in return for something else and it's worked out right like i feel like the only one i can think of is like rumpelstiltskin which i think is like one of those like bargains with a demon type things Mm. and she figures out his name because she like someone tells her i think yeah someone tells her and then he gets so angry he like stomps through the ground and gets stuck and then she's like boy (laughs) and just like imagine she like picks up her like queenly like dress and he's like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like full-on benny hill theme song moment that's a good reference though rumpelstiltskin yeah that's the only one i can think of yeah, and that's a that's by chance. Mm. Like she would have been doomed. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, total treat. But we've got so much to get through. We'll just All right. we'll just move it along. <sighs> All right. Are you ready to pick one? Ready? Yeah. Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Oh. That is a definite treat. Agreed. Mary Shelley, what a plus. Mm, mm. Absolute genius. Do you want to give us a rundown? Okay, so Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is one of those classics. I mean, it's just a classic, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. She kind of started uh, sci-fi and horror, like kind of. Well, not horror, but definitely sci-fi. And a 17-year-old girl writing a book. Yes. At like, on a, there was a, it was a rainy night outside. Yeah, some yeah, kind of yeah. Book competition, who can write the best story. Right, fully. And, and uh, she won. She definitely. She sure did. She just trounced that. Um, and, and she like tells, she told the story of like, oh, it came to me in a dream. I'm like, no, it didn't. That's like 300 pages. Mate. <laughs> like, you know, when authors are like, oh, it came to me in a dream or like the, the characters made me do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> did they? <laughs> 
So if, I don't even know if we need to recap Frankenstein. It's one of those stories. Right, yeah. Dr. Frankenstein, he, uh, he, he gets really into, like, science, which is dangerous. Keep your kids away from that. <laughs> He's like, electricity's cool. Keep your kids away from that, too. And he just starts, like, what, collecting old body parts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbing so, graves, trying to sew together fully. the perfect specimen to bring back to life. Exactly. And then he does it. And the first thing he does, I, I kid you not, is he goes ah! and runs away. And he hides. He in, hides. He hides in, like, the garden all night, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He, yeah. like, hides in the courtyard, the courtyard of the, like, house he lives in. And he's just, like, down there, like, oh, dang. Like, all through the night. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just imagine, like, the, like, teeth chattering. He's just like, oh, no. I'm like, really? Seriously? Like, okay, here's the thing. It's like how you shouldn't ask a question that you're not prepared for, like, you know, any answer to. Like, if you're going to raise an unholy spirit. Well, it's not an unholy (laughs) spirit. It's just like a like a bunch of cadavers. If you're going to do that, I think you just got to be ready for that to actually happen. I think a thing in the book that surprised me was how much of the book seemed to be about how possessed this doctor was in his pursuit of creating this yeah this monster yeah that fully turns into a monster because of the way that society treats him yeah but that there's so much of the book about how like he just kind of lets go of all other areas of his life and he's just trying yeah. to build this thing but then when it comes to life he's like oh god i wasn't ready right he's like boy <laughs> <laughs> i think the thing that's so interesting about it is for its time it was very philosophically controversial because she's saying that frankenstein's creature was not born a monster but was so shunned by its creator and by society that it became monstrous. And, like, at that time, that was pretty controversial. What year was that, do you know? So it was 1818. 1818. So if we're thinking way up until, like, the 1970s, the 1980s, and still today in places, people are saying people are born born evil, yeah, yeah. the bad seed. Yeah, fully. So at that time, that was, like, way, way ahead of its time. Yeah, fully. All right, you're going to give me a a fact or fict about Mary Shelley? You ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. Fact or fict, Mary Shelley had sex on her mother's grave. Okay, first of all, that's the gothest shit you can do. I know. And uh, Mary Shelley, OG. When someone told me that, I was like, no. Right, so here's where I think the fact-fict binary starts to break down. Because this one's apocryphal. So we know that she took uh, Percy Shelley on a, on a date there. She took her husband-to-be on a date to her mother's grave. But that's yeah. so weird. Who was married at the time. So she's like, I'm going to take my married boyfriend to my gra- to my mother's grave. Mm. Um, so that's a weird first date, first of all. But I guess he was into it. Um, so match made in heaven. Oh, God. <laughs> Live your best life. Um, but yeah, it's apocryphal that they had sex. We just don't know. But a lot of people believe that that happened. I don't really have any more to say about that. Yeah, so I'm going to say... Faction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your turn. All right, all right. Let's get a good one. All right, here we go. Graham Masterton. Mm-hmm. Mirror. Well, Graham Masterton is a tricky one. Oh, so he's a, he's he's a trick, not he's, a treat. He's a he's a trick in that. Oh, his reads are bountiful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but so disturbing that maybe they're a trick. 
I hear you. I hear you. So I feel like if you wanted to read every Graham Masterton book ever, first of all, you would need a lot of therapy. (laughs) Which also, like, shout out to Graham Masterton. I hope that you're getting enough money from your books that you can pay for therapy because something's going on. (laughs) I've not read Mirror by Mm -hmm. Graham Masterton, but I have read a few of his books. And... I won't lie, they tend to be these books that you come across quite early. So for me, the first Graham Masterton book I read, I would have been like 13 or 12, which is really inappropriate. It's around the same time that maybe your parents were leaving Stephen King novels lying around the house. For me, it was like Graham Masterton novels when I was a young, young teenager. Yeah. Woo, hoons. Um, So what do you do? Of course, if you're a book kid, you pick it up. Fully, fully. And so I think the first one I picked up was... Ah, something about blood. There was like a pig, like a a rabid pig, but also a tree man. It sounds very like it's stuck in your mind quite Mm, viscerally. Yeah, so I... It it was horrifying because there was this tree man. If you had any green in your house, he could just get in and he would like uh, knock on the door and and if someone let him in, he'd like just go off. Like he was... (laughs) Yeah, he's a particularly gory writer. Like there's a lot of flesh and blood and... I think it was called Flesh and Blood, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, but, like, also really weird sex scenes. Mm. And I remember as, as like, quite a young person being like, whoo, because I'd never read anything with oh that. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, goodness me. I still feel that way. <laughs> no, I won't lie. If I was to pick up a Graham Masterton book now, I think I might skip the sex scenes from sheer embarrassment. <laughs> I remember I read Mirror and it was my mum's book and then it's one of those books that have always stuck in my mind this kind of like kind of like Rosemary Baby kind of thing this this guy buys this mirror at a garage sale never a good idea and then stuff starts happening in the mirror that he can't see happening in his apartment Oh, oh this child ends up coming through the mirror think Shirley Temple oh my gosh which is look that's that's a nightmare, even if it's not a haunted demon, which it probably is. Ew. Because imagine you you go to a garage sale, you're like, oh, Led Zeppelin record, hello, thank you. This mirror is nice. I'll pick it up. They're like, oh yes, take that. And then you like take it. All of a sudden, raise a child. That's not fair. Ooh, no one signed up for that. No they signed one? up for a secondhand mirror. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I assume it's a demon. It's a demon child. It's a demon <laughs> child. And there's the most graphic, violent scene at the end. Right. But it's, like, always stuck in my mind. And then the second book I picked up, I can't even remember what it was called, but I started reading, like, the first chapter, and there was this, like, vicious helicopter crash scene where the propeller, like, cut up everybody's body, and it was, like, uh, so descriptive that I think I put it down. Right. And I backed out of the room. (laughs) Right. That's where you got to, like, keep your eyes on it in case it follows you. (laughs) Yeah, I think I read one because my library had a lot of them. And so I read that first one, scared the hell out of me. And then I was just, like, hooked. You know when you're a kid and you're just like, oh, that was awful. Yeah. Let's go again. Yeah, there's something about being a kid and I think a teenager, well, maybe older, who knows, but you're, like, drawn to that grizzly, yeah. gruesome side of yeah, things. Yeah, fully. The very first share house I lived in, I came home one day and someone had found this branch and they just put it in the lounge room and it was night time. Well, why wouldn't you, for <laughs> starters? <laughs> I feel like this is, like, some he died with a falafel in his hand yeah, kind yeah. of stuff right here. Like, share house room hell. I, like, walk in and there's a goddamn branch. Just, like, it's, like, night. All I can see is the silhouette of these, like, leaves and, like, I open it and, like, there's a bit of wind and it rustles. And I'm just oh. like, <laughs> I just, it wasn't ideal. All right, I've got a fact or fict. Okay. 
I'm ready. You ready? When Crime Time, aka you and I, yep. started our Twitter account, uh-huh. and we did a show that may have talked about Graham Masterton, uh-huh. Graham Masterton then liked the tweet. What? No, that's got to be figged. It's that- fact. <laughs> oh! Well, shout out Graham Masterton. <laughs> All right, it's your turn. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Off you go, mate. On your horse. I'm on the horse. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Don't talk to me like that. Ooh. Sam by Ian Rob Wright. Wow. Mm. So this one, I have to say, is a-, a treat. It was a damn treat. We actually had the immense pleasure to interview Ian Rob Wright uh, in, I think, our first season, actually. And he was very adorable for someone that wrote such a weird, scary novel. Yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he wrote this book called Sam. And long story short, there's this big mansion. This son is like sick or is he possessed? We don't know. So the, so the. Wait, so the son is Sam or it's the son of Sam? No, the son is Sam, but I see what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hold on. Hoons again. Oh, mate. It's a dark and spooky night. So Sam's mum goes out of her way to find a scientist mm-hmm. and a priest. So both bases are covered. They both yeah. Yeah. they both come to the house to try and solve: is it a science issue or is it a ghosty thing? Ghosty thing, right? And the two characters were brilliant. So one is this like nerdy science guy, right? Right. And the, right. And so the, I'm picturing Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, just go with that. Mm-hmm. And then the other character is this butch lesbian slash alcoholic slash used to be priest, kind of still is a priest. Right, right. Okay. I'm not getting an archetype for that one, shockingly. <laughs> you not, scratch that brain. <laughs> <laughs> Let me fucking think. It's like if Val McDermott was a priest. Yes. <laughs> so just horror ensues. It's brilliant. And I've always said this, and I said this to Ian when we spoke to him. I've said it a number of times. Please write a Sam too. But mm-hmm. I was just on Audible yesterday looking at Ian Robright. No sequel yet. Do you, do you have a fact or a fict for, for Ian Robright? It's your turn because I picked it. All right. Um, fact or fict. Uh, Stephen King said Ian Robright scared him. Fict because it was Paul Tremblay, (laughs) who we also interviewed on the show. Oh, oh, you got me. (laughs) So Paul Tremblay, who wrote A Head Full of Ghosts, which we also reviewed uh, a few seasons ago. Mm. Brilliant, being turned into a film. We interviewed him on the show, and he said one of the highlights of his life was when he checked Twitter and Stephen King and said, this book scared the shit out of me or something. Yeah. And Paul, Paul Tremblay said that he went and just opened a can of beer and just sat back and just absorb the moment right you can just like rest on your laurels at that point yeah all ready right. for this i'm ready you're ready I'm for ready. this all right go. all right here we go bram stoker dracula <laughs> boom trick or treat oh an unequivocal treat i agree i agree so obviously dracula it's iconic a question because mm. you're you, you have a lot of knowledge around gothic literature. Uh-huh. Did Dracula, the idea of Dracula, exist before this book was created? So vampires exist in, like, various forms in lots of different, like, folk stories, lots of, like, legends and myths about blood-sucking things. Mm. Dracula himself, I think, is based on um, Vlad Tips, the impaler, who was called Dracul. Uh, I see I knew you'd know this. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, guys. So, yeah, 
it, it's it's kind of based in a historical example, but obviously not really. A friend of mine did a like a kind of like a ghost history tour in New Orleans, and that history tour told them that the idea of vampires originated in New Orleans. Wow! Um, around people getting typhoid. Yeah. So getting very pale, avoiding the sun, and coughing up blood. Well, that's suspicious, like, straight up. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it. Typhoid, if you're listening, are you potentially a vampire virus? <laughs> uh, tick yes or no at Crime Pod <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's a classic, and there have been some really great adaptations of it. Um, my fave, Keanu Reeves, is in a really terrible Dracula. He's got the worst, I think it's been named the worst accent of all time. Like he's doing this British accent, but he, I have no idea where he's meant to be from. He just gives things a red hot go. He gives things a red hot go. Also, I, I watched this like um, video that was uh, like a vocal coach, mm-hmm. like an accent mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, guys, he probably just didn't have enough time to like prepare because it's like really difficult. And so, you know. I forgive you, Keanu. <laughs> My favourite Keanu pictures is, like, just recently of him just being on the New York subway, just reading a paper. Being yes. like, of course I still catch the subway. Oh, no, right? My favourite is there's, like, videos of, like, people, like, surreptitiously video him, and there are just so many videos around the place of him seeing, like, an old person get on the on the subway, and then he gets up and gives oh. them his seat. He's a gem. He's a gem. And he doesn't age. Yeah, he doesn't age because he's immortal, much like me. Uh, it's like the Eurasian secret is just we don't age. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm just going to say, crime time in 20 years. I'll look the same. Nah, you not so much. Fact or fict, you're a vampire. <laughs> no comment. All right, my turn. You ready? We've got two left in the hat. Ooh. Ooh. Trick or Treat, The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. Oh, look, okay, so here's, I have a complicated relationship with The Exorcist. So I'm going to say it is a treat, Mm -hmm. but it is also a trick. Go on. So first of all, cast your mind back to 2008. I'm alone in a house. I'm reading The Exorcist. Paperback? Paperback, obviously, obviously. Where'd you get it from? Like, I think it just showed up. I was just walking around in my house and I looked down and done! There it was on the ground and I was like, I must read it. Um, a voice came from, from the ceiling and it was like, Eddie, why don't you pick up that book? I was like, yeah, all right, that seems, that seems normal. So I picked it up, yeah. And I started reading it and it was scaring me so much that I went out to my local blockbuster blockbuster shout out <laughs> like there's like one left know, in the u.s like or something yeah my favorite places of all time yeah so i went down to my local blockbuster and i got the exorcist because i was like i need some finality because you know when you're like really scared of something and you're like if i just finish this oh this is your thing you need to finish it to close that ghost. to close that ghost yeah, yeah. can't get me yeah if i close the door right that's a foolproof plan out there people yeah yeah if you are ever scared of something Skip to the end. See it through. (laughs) (laughs) Some exceptions. But anyway, this is probably one of them because I I, I sit down, I I start watching it and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is much less scary than the book, which is, can I just say like pretty shocking? Like, you know, I'm usually pretty easily scared by films and not, not so scared by books, but I was like, oh yeah, this isn't too bad. This isn't too bad. But then there's this face that keeps like flashing up and I'm like, what is that? 
that, that, what, what's, what's that? And so I hit pause and I go like through the frames, like, and uh, I land on the most horrific face I've ever seen in my life. Skull face, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrifying. It was like if Alice Cooper were genuinely scary. You know what I'm saying? Drag him. <laughs> I don't think Alice Cooper's trying to be scary. Um, yeah, no, it scared the hell out of me. And I was just like, nah, nah, nah. And I did finish it. And I did feel a bit better. But also I felt really sorry for the, the exorcist himself. Yeah, I see your point. But... He survives to tell the tale. He does. He does. And there's um, there's not a book. T- oh, no, there, I don't know if there's a book two and three, but there's definitely a film two and three. Right. Does he keep going around exorcising things? Uh, I can't give it away. Because oh. the oh. devil goes into him. <gasps> you just gave it away. Oh, I just gave it away. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> so is it, it's like his um, exorcise video. <laughs> <laughs> Two points about this. One is... I listened to the most brilliant podcast. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a blow-by-blow kind of like, I guess, documentary about the making of The Exorcist, not just the film, but the writer's life, um, how he wrote the book, uh, the director of the film, how it all came together, and then stories about um, the actors in the film. Amazing, because the little girl, they had her say different things, because obviously she says very vulgar things. Interesting fact that I learned on that podcast is that it's actually like an older woman that's voicing those parts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not her voice. She's saying things like, your mother tucks. You know, like yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. she's saying things that now rhyme. Different words, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, but then it, I really highly recommend that podcast. But also some interesting things I learned in it was that um, it was really set to win like big at the film awards. But right. because there'd been so many people playing um, different parts, for example, that that older woman had done those um, haunted, right, 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 uh, devil parts. The young girl in the film, even though she'd been an incredible actress, like missed out on the Oscar. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but. I guess it's interesting when people do different parts and like it's presented as that person playing that role. Yeah, yeah, fully. Mm. Interesting. Fact or fict? Okay, I'm ready. William Peter Blatty, writer of The Exorcist, uh-huh. was actually a comedy writer, a screen comedy writer. <sighs> this, this just sounds so weird that I don't think you've made it up. I didn't make it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> Amazing. His career was going down the toilet. He wrote The Exorcist. Everyone was like, this is the worst. You should be ashamed for even showing me this. (laughs) Someone picked it up and was like, this book is freaking gold. Amazing. And now we have it. He passed away last year, which is sad. Oh, did he? Mm. It was kind of my dream to interview him on the show. That would have been amazing. Maybe we'll set up a Ouija board. It's uh, it's Halloween. It is Halloween. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Uh, Vetoed, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, final one. You ready? We've got the last one. What am I going to get? Dun, da, da, da. Let me just unfold this. Oh, it's really big. Hold on. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. Ah, so we've got a great one to finish off on. It is Stephen the King King, Dr. Sleep. I love that this is the finale pulled out of the hat. Yes. It's a great note to end on. All right. So it, trick or treat. Oh, a treat. Absolute treat. It's one of my most favorite uh, crime fiction books. When I say crime fiction, I mean, you know, the whole genre. The whole genre. The whole genre. <laughs> the whole kitten caboodle. All right, all right. So, Doctor Sleep was written. I think it was like twenty or exactly thirty. I think it was twenty years after The Shining. Oh uh, yeah. So it's a sequel. It's a sequel, and in the book, 
Dr. Sleep, Danny, who was the kid in The Shining, who had The Shining where he could see and speak to ghosts and the dead and whatnot, is grown up now. Amazing. And he has like a very serious alcohol problem. Look, if if I went through The Shining, I would too. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still got his skills and uh, he has to battle a new challenge. Whoa. Sounds great. It's brilliant. Amazing. Um, So... This has been great. I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, what I want to know from our, our listeners is what is your fave Halloween read? What, what do you love to sit down and just absolutely ruin your sense of uh, security and safety <laughs> in the world? <laughs> Let us know at Crime Time Pod on Twitter. We want to be ruined also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been real. It's been real. Yeah. And uh, tune in next week because uh, I reckon I'm probably going to s- talk about the new Doctor Who. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're a couple episodes in, so I reckon it's it's time. I also think that we should go and see the new Halloween film. Oh, let's definitely do that. Let's go now. I've heard rave reviews. All right, get, get out of here. I'll get my keys. Let's go. All right, let's go. Bye, y'all. See ya.